Welcome to the Sermon B-Side Podcast, a podcast of Liberty Church in the Harrisburg region of Central Pennsylvania. Sermon B-Side is designed to be a resource to answer your questions and to go deeper into the conversation started by each week's sermon. Welcome to another week of the Liberty B-Side Podcast. My name is Steve King. Alongside me is Matt Lelloyan, as always. Well, not always, but most of the time. I've been, I've been like MIA, man. Have you been? Well, like for two weeks at least. Were you on last week or no? No. Who was with me last week? Greg. Greg. Greg was with us last <laughs> resident. And Greg. welcome back to the show, Matt Lelloyan. <laughs> and also joining us today is Andrew Dimsky. Yes. Andrew, welcome to the Liberty B-Side Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah. As is Matt. He's welcome. He's excited to be back. <laughs> I am. I'm, this I didn't is, realize it was that many. You're right. I'm stair-stepping back in. I'm just kind okay. of here to sit in as like another <laughs> color commentator today, like right. Steve's normal job. Because Andrew preached yesterday. That's right. Let's go. This is great. Matt's feet are up on the desk. He's leaning back. This is terrific. <laughs> is that popcorn you're pulling out? Well, I, don't, I don't even work here anymore. <laughs> Andrew, you did preach yesterday. I did. Uh, thanks for doing that. Thanks for leading us in, in the teaching yesterday. I thought you did a good job. Relational Pursuit. Yes. Continuing in our um, Rhythms of Grace sermon series, and that's what we're here to talk about today. Um, maybe jump in, give us the, well, before we do two-minute summary, Matt, anything you want to add commentary before Andrew would give us the two-minute summary of the message from yesterday? I got two, we got two color people now. I want to keep I you know, in. I know, yeah. In. Thanks, man. All right. Yeah, kick it over to me. Right. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, Andrew, I thought you did a really good job yesterday. Um, you know, the, I mean, the clarity and the content was really good. I also really appreciate how you brought a lot of personal examples into it. Uh, in particular, and we, we don't have to dive into this one again, but I thought um, your example with your business partner, Gray, and how and what that actually looks like to, to pursue someone through the awkwardness and through the pain even when you've experienced pain from someone, um, that, that was one that really jumped out at me as being a really helpful uh, embodied example of, what, of what, what this actually looks like. Yeah. Um, at least in the more you know, relational pursuit, like all the rhythms are such big, massive topics that you could spend many weeks talking about all of them. So there's, and even as you, you um, use the definition at the beginning there and highlighted, um, you know, what we mean by relational pursuit, there's some things as simple as just enjoying the pleasures of life with other people, yeah. but also then the intentionality of the pursuit that happens there through the, the awkward and painful parts of life. And when we um, either just miss each other or when we sin against each other. So I, I, yeah, I just wanted to say that. I thought, yeah. I thought your personal examples in that one in particular were really awesome. impactful. Thanks yeah. for that. Well, give us the give us the two minute summary, then we'll kind of get you to unpack that and more. Yeah. So go ahead. So high level relational pursuit. Um, we're called to pursue each other because Christ first pursued us, and we see a model of relational pursuit across the whole arc of redemption. So starting in Genesis three, when God is pursuing Adam and Eve after they've sinned, and I think that's such a beautiful picture of the relational God that we have. How he's there walking. He knows exactly what happened. None of that was surprising to him. But in that moment, he is pursuing and Adam and Eve are hiding in shame. Mm -hmm. And so you have that juxtaposition there of pursuit and retreat. Um, and God is always on pursuit. Uh, mm -hmm. We see it further in Genesis. Um, we see it, you know, in Moses. We see it in the example of Hagar. Uh, we see it throughout the New Testament with Jesus pursuing his disciples, pursuing the woman at the well. Uh, we see Jesus pursuing Paul after after his ascension. Mm -hmm. um, and so over and over again, we see that and we experience it today in the Holy Spirit pursuing us and planting the seed of faith in our hearts that that draws us um, to repentance and then ultimately to to salvation there. So uh, on a high level, why are we called to pursue each other? Called to pursue each other because Christ pursued us. Um, 
And we've got the example of Zacchaeus as well, um, and the, the bleeding woman mm-hmm. um, who pursued Christ, and then he calls out who did that, mm-hmm. um, pursues her in that too. So, so many beautiful examples. And um, it's a, to, to prepare for the sermon, to give the sermon was just a, a beautiful opportunity to, to just dwell on who God is mm-hmm. and remind me of the simple truth that we're pursued by the creator of the universe despite nothing that we've done. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a great, a great celebration and hope that we have, all of us have. Yeah. Good summary. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. I, and I thought Andrew too. So, you know, you had um, these three main points of what is relational pursuit? How do we pursue relational pursuit? And then where can we practice pursuit? And that third one in particular got into to a lot of, I thought you had a really good lists and examples of practical ways this, this plays itself out. Um, maybe let's go back through some of those just as, and as the Bible studies that are continuing to meet right now or diving into some of this content, Bible study groups themselves are one of these places yeah. that re- relational pursuit happens. You mentioned this yesterday, I think really well too, that, you know, we've sometimes said it as a church that the, the, the church can't do this for you, that the church provides some kind of venue in which these relationships can happen and, and begin and deepen, but it really is disciples who make disciples um, it really has to, to happen in, in the context of, of whatever venue it looks like. It's, it takes that initial uh, individual initiative and drive to, to pull off. So um, maybe give a little recap of, what, of how you've seen that play out really well in your Bible study group. Yeah. And maybe in that, what would you maybe parse out as being, this is descriptive and how, what's worked well for my study mm-hmm. versus where, where would you go more prescriptive? Like I would also, you know, you would say I would call all Bible study groups to consider implementing yeah. This part of that. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. Cause like the, my first thought was like dynamics in Bible studies are different. Um, sure, sure. And that like there's, there's different people are in different seasons of life as well. Like um, the group of guys that we've gotten together, I've gotten together like 8 PM is our meeting time because our kids are in bed. It's like a, not another thing, uh, but different people are in different stages of life and that, like the yeah. regular rhythms that we commit to may not be the same for somebody else. Yeah. But I would say that like committing to being together and showing up, if you're going to sign up and be a part of a Bible study, sign up and be a part of a Bible study. Hmm. Um, and in that, don't just attend and consume, but show up by being present hmm. and by being vulnerable. Um, I think one thing that our group did really well that was kind of descriptive to us was the very first time we got together when we shared our testimonies, hmm. we shared like our real testimony, our struggles, huh. not just our high level, nice to meet you, but like yeah. right away we went deep. Yeah. And even as our group has like continued to meet people come and people go. Um, and so we've continued to go back to that. When we hmm. share our stories, we like to share like the vulnerable part of our stories or like the, mm-hmm. um, you know, not it, not like airing every sin you've ever committed, but sure. being real and like, what are the, what are the habitual sins that you go back to over and over again? Yeah. And I think that that leads to a level of authenticity mm. and it transforms the relational journey to another level of depth a lot faster. Mm. And so if you're a core member, if you're a Bible study leader, if you're a core member of a group, go there first. Mm-hmm. Don't expect other people to go there before you're willing to go there. That's good. And be willing to go there even if other people don't. Yeah. And mm-hmm. model that in your leadership style. I think that people look to you as a leader to set the tone in your study, mm-hmm. um, whether it's um, you've been with them for a very long time or it's a, it's a group that's getting together um, for the first time. Mm-hmm. Model that vulnerability um, in how you lead. And I think people will follow there. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. What, um, 
So you mentioned yesterday for your study, you you did the, you used the band questions yeah. as part mm-hmm. of that accountability aspect of it. Yeah, I was trying to remember. Okay, so you used authenticity as was kind of one of the kind of pillars of the Bible study group itself. Uh, accountability and regularity or consistency. I mean, maybe maybe use a different word there, but like yeah. that. And so you're talking, you're speaking there about showing up. Yep. You're speaking there about authenticity and even sharing your story, not just the, the pretty yeah. you know prettied up version mm-hmm. of it, but the reality of it. Yeah. Um, from the, from the accountability standpoint there and like those Methodist band questions, mm-hmm. um, it, yeah, what of that would you say, you know, does that, you think, could you see that working well across all Bible study groups? Would you say there's some that maybe that doesn't work well for, yeah. um, curious what, what your thoughts would be on that? Yeah. Rachel and I talk about this a lot because like, she loves the questions, but she's like, we could, my, my group could never get through all five of those. She's like, one person will get stuck on the first question. Yeah. We'll be on that the whole time. Sure. Yeah. Um, and that's again, a different, different groups have different tones and settings and everything. That's fine. Yeah. What I love about those questions is it's a standardized framework. Mm-hmm. Um, when we, I felt like we had an accountable group before that. Yeah. But if someone was going to share something, it was almost like there was a burden of guilt on their heart that they needed to sum up the courage to say, I've got something to confess. Mm-hmm. And they needed to be the one to initiate that. Yeah. And that's good and healthy for us to do in these settings. But if we can have a standard set of questions that we're going through every single week, um, whether that's these five questions, it's one of these five questions, or it's a different set of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, having that standard rhythm of I have an opportunity each week to check in. Mm-hmm. And what I love about the band questions is they're not all confession related. Mm-hmm. There's confession in there, but there's also the open-ended question of how is your soul? Yeah. Which yeah. anyone can interpret that yeah, any different way true. you want to. That's true. Um, my soul is tired. Yeah. My soul is joyful. My soul is weary. Mm-hmm. My soul is status quo. Mm-hmm. And then you can unpack that a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so it's a chance to check in just how are you doing? And that can lead to follow-up conversation and additional depth there. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your struggles and successes this week? That gives you the chance to celebrate God's goodness in your life in things that may be overlooked um, in a normal setting. Um, and what are your yeah. struggles is a chance to, again, just be real and say, I had a really hard time with my kids this week. Mm-hmm. I'm struggling to be present with them. Or I've got this thing going on at work that I can't leave at work when I come home. Mm-hmm. Or Rachel and I just, we, we had a tiff and we just haven't been able to work through that yet. Mm-hmm. Just real stuff that shows up in the ordinary day. Mm-hmm. And I think that if we can drip that out and mm-hmm. get that out on a regular basis, that God uses that because mm-hmm. the devil thrives in solitude. <clears throat> the devil always wants to drag us off on our own. That's mm-hmm. what he did to Eve. He just drug her off and he whispered in her ear, did God mm-hmm. really say that? Mm-hmm. And so when we let those struggles do that to us and we keep them to ourselves and we don't bring anybody into that, mm-hmm. that can lead to other things. Mm-hmm. Um, so like a, a big sin doesn't just happen from zero to 60. Like it's a drip, slow drip process mm-hmm. to get there. Um, and so I think the struggles and successes helps bleed that stuff out little by little. Mm-hmm. Um, any sins to confess, whether that's big or small, again, on like different hearts have different scales there. Um, sure. A sin sure. is a sin, but um, there's obviously like how we feel, mm-hmm. um, the impact of a sin. Um, that gives you a chance to get all of those things out. Mm-hmm. Uh, any secret, anything you want to keep secret? That's been an interesting question to mm-hmm. ask is like, what's the difference between a sin and a secret? Um, and so you can nuance that and even converse huh. and talk about that. Um, but like I've talked about like, what secrets do you want to keep? Like, like I feel like I can eat a lot when I'm stressed mm-hmm. and that's something that I just want other people to know about that. Yeah. Like, I don't want to hold yeah. on to that by myself. It's good. Um, and that's been an opportunity to, to just get that out there in those yeah. different areas. And the last one, where's the Holy spirit prompting you? Mm-hmm. Um, I love that question because it brings us back to 
ponder that hmm. every week. I don't often on my own sit and think, where is the Holy Spirit pulling me this week? But if I, at Bible study, when I am, when I answer that question, when I hear other people answer that question, it's a chance to go back and see, okay, through these last seven days, where did I see the Spirit show up and be present and tug me towards something? Mm-hmm. Whether that was um, to be joyful, to be thankful, um, to desire to learn more of a topic or desire to reach out to somebody. Mm-hmm. So many different forms that that can take. Um, but just the mm-hmm. fact that we go there and we answer that question, we go there and we answer the question of how is our soul, mm-hmm. I think it increases our awareness of these things. Mm-hmm. And to be able to do that communally in the sense of we're doing this together as a Bible study, and again, we're doing it impactful, a lot, big impact if you do it once, mm-hmm. but a massive impact if you do it for a year or two years together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And you get the kind of the snowball effect of that mm-hmm. um, authenticity and just showing up with each other. Yeah, yeah that's good. Yeah. Um, so, so similar, but maybe shifting gears a little bit. And I'm curious, both of you guys, you know, both of you guys have led Bible study groups. Both of you guys are elders of our church right now. Um, we, you too, for those, both those things, <laughs> no, by the way, no, I'm an objective third party. Interviewer. Oh, okay. uh, no, that, so I'm, I'm thinking about, um, what kind of counsel or advice would you give to the person who's in a place right now that says, Hey, I've seen this, this, this is a, a rhythm of grace for the church and I don't feel very pursued. I feel very isolated by, by, you know, I'm part of this church. I'm in the community of this church. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I'm not pursued. Um, maybe two different two different approaches there. One person who maybe um, who maybe is uh, is maybe doing a lot of pursuing themselves and just doesn't feel like it's being reciprocated. Yeah. And then maybe another person who's just feels more marginalized and not connected at all. Mm-hmm. Just curious how you guys would think through that and and knowing the value that this is and to not, like as you were mentioning there not to be in isolation about and not and not not being unknown. Yeah in all these substantial things that are actually playing out in your life. Um, yeah. What kind of, what kind of counsel would you give to the man or woman in our church who um, is not, is not feeling pursued? Maybe those two different, yeah. different, different kinds of examples there. Well, I, I appreciate before when you were, you complimented Andrew on the story, Andrew, that you shared with gray yesterday. Um, what came to mind for me in that. And so may I'll bring it in answering your question, Matt. An obstacle I think can show up in people's minds is when they start to, it's so easy to take in a relationship, take what you're receiving or perceiving and kind of compartmentalize it somehow that allows you to not continue the pursuit of the relationship. Mm-hmm. So your story yesterday, which you don't need to unpack the whole thing again, but Gray could have just said nothing, right? He could have just been like, this is just something I'll either just buried out deep inside myself. Mm-hmm. Maybe it will turn into a passive aggressive conversation later in our lives. Maybe it won't. It'll just be a thing mm-hmm. that I'm just going to now write off. This is the way Andrew does things. And so let me be on the lookout for it. And, and we start to almost sometimes, I think, try to protect ourselves in relationships. Yeah. What we're actually doing sometimes, not every time, sometimes we're actually compartmentalizing it in a way it's unhelpful. Mm-hmm. And we're, and we, we then give ourselves either a conscious or an unconscious permission to not pursue. Mm-hmm. And so when you're saying, well, the person who's uh, not getting what they want out of a relationship, mm-hmm. um, are you, are you, are you kind of just mis- misunderstanding and mislabeling the relationship that you're trying to have with someone? Are you not, 
Are you, are you going like, well, it's not, it's never going to work if I do this, so I won't. And then mm-hmm. you don't try those things, and therefore you're not going to connect with someone in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Oh, if I go to this event, nobody's going to talk to me anyway, and then I won't be known. So, do yeah. We do those things. I think that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I think completely separate than that is we also create expectations in our minds for ways things should go. And when they don't go that way, we just, we just end up giving up and we end up kind of removing ourselves. Um, and so when you don't have it, when you have a miscalibrated expectation of what's supposed to look like, I think that create, I think that creates yeah. to the gap as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and oftentimes that's, that's just, a, it's just a complete miss. Like, no, like sometimes, like honestly, sometimes we'll yeah. have people that will say, Hey, I, I, I want to do so. We're like, Oh, we never even knew. Mm-hmm. That you wanted to connect with so and so, or that you had that question, or like, and yeah. so we just hold things. Sometimes we have an expectation that's just miscalibrated, and and then we don't actually lean into the relationship. Yeah. So those are th- some things that come to mind as you're that's, asking the question. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. And it's um, I've heard this put. <laughs> I heard this phrase recently that was actually more applied to, um, I think it was applied to dating like in preparation for marriage, not like relationships with people within the church. But that was also an example that you used. That's right. That's right. So perfect. Okay. <laughs> but it was, um, but it was the, the phrase was don't lower your standards, but lengthen your patience. <laughs> so like, for example, in a dating relationship, it's like, if you're kind of like not finding the person that, that you feel like is of a character and caliber to, to marry, don't lower your standards. Don't go like, well, I just need to marry, you know, something else. Um, but lengthen your patience, like have a longer view for that. Absolutely. And Steve, as you're talking about expectations there, I think that's really helpful in that we've got this beautiful ideal of the one another's in scripture mm-hmm. of even like the Colossians 3, 12 through 17 passage that you're talking about yesterday and all the things that we bear with one another and are patient and meek and humble and gentle yeah. um, with each other, modeling the pursuit mm. Christ has had for us. And so in the, in the church, we let each other down in that all the time. Mm-hmm. And so, our expectations and the idealism of our expectations of being like, this is what we're meant to experience. It's like, don't, don't lower your standard, but lengthen your patience in the sense that like, we're, we're just never going to hit the ideal to the fullest sinless extent in this life. Yeah. But, but there, so the expectations being like, and people are going to let me down, but that's not going to make me lower the bar to the point that I just don't, that I give up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's something there that's like a, a, there could be like an, a reimagining of your standard. Sure. You know, yep. um, but don't lower the standard that you can actually have a relationship yeah. that is meaningful, intimate, deep, yep. transformational, that helps you glorify God more, understand him more. Yeah. Right. You feel like you have a welcome, safe community, like all that standard yeah. can be accomplished. Yep. But, but certainly we can, any one of us can go into trying to pursue relationships and expect it to feel a certain way. Mm. And um, you can't, you can't treat relationships like the best of relationships can't be all treated like blind dates. Sure. Where it's like at the end of the day, it's like at the end of that hour, did I, did I just, did everything go as well as it could? And now I'm sure. ready for the second day. It's like, well, no, this is a long game. Yeah. And we're actually called to be in relationship. It doesn't mean that every relationship you have will be the best relationship you have. Yeah. Or that every, person that you know in the church is your best friend yeah right but as you pursue each other i love what you're saying like lengthen the patience there just the standard it can be had over a long period of time and even that does harken back to what you're saying with the band questions hey at first that those first questions if you have an expectation that you ask questions like that of the group or they ask it of you and at the end you're going to love answering those questions the first time you do them if that's your expectation 
You're probably disappointed. You're probably disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Right. And but you find that that forms you. We're formed in that Absolutely. over time, and then a year or two later, you're like, I'm so glad that I have men, women around me that know me and ask these questions. I can ask it of them, and I couldn't have imagined mm-hmm. that this relationship could be as meaningful as it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is why sometimes then when I try to split Bible groups up, they're like, no, <laughs> no, thanks. We like sure. our group, right? I'm yeah. like, I get that. It's like this like wonderful thing. It's like this wonderful, awesome challenge. That's a like, constant. Well, and I, you said this well yesterday, Andrew, too. That's a constant tension of the, the pursue the depth with the people that you have the relationship with. Keep pursuing the same people yeah. in some sense. But also like, I think the way I mean, you talked about, there's a lot of new people that yeah, are new absolutely. to our community. We got to find a way to keep an open place in our life and heart. And the seat next to us open for some people that are yeah. not here yet that we yeah, want to have absolutely. here and that we want to, yeah. Yeah. We've all got to try to channel our inner Steve and Sandy Ziola. And yeah, that's right. The, that's right. <laughs> they're MVPs of this. Of just they, like, they are connectors. Man. Um, they are, yeah. Yeah. If you guys are listening, you make everybody feel like a million bucks. And I'll never forget the first time you talked to me. You're the first mm-hmm. Liberty couple. And that, that's that's the story of dozens of people here. Yeah, that's that true. They're, they met yeah. Steve. They, they did a newcomers group last summer that then led to its own additional Bible study mm-hmm. group that came out of it. That's and amazing. They make everybody feel like a million bucks, except when we compare ourselves to them. And then we don't feel like a million bucks. Anyway, I feel pretty cheap. <laughs> I have to compare myself. In comparison, right we don't feel like a million bucks. But they make the people feel like a million yeah. right. When right. we, like, thinking about that, like, what's our expectation in all of this? If yeah. we want to be, if we want to feel pursued, what's our expectation there? Yeah. I think that we need to go into this with a servant's heart. That we shouldn't be, we don't show up to church to receive something. Mm. And that's from the pulpit. That's from the worship yeah. team. Yeah. That's from the person sitting right and left to you. Like your expectation should be to serve other people. Mm-hmm. And I think tangibly, if you're not feeling connected, something that you could work on is asking better questions of other people. Mm. Um, and like be intentional about that. Mm-hmm. Think about like, what can I ask other than how was your week? Mm-hmm. Um, about somebody yeah. and create a bank of questions for yourself. Because if, if you can be intentional in talking to the person to the right and left, front and back of you, even if it's just during passing the peace and you can ask real questions. And if you can get to the end of that and that person feels like, wow, like I feel so known right now. Mm-hmm. I think if you can practice that, your like connection is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, even, even if it doesn't continue to do that, be the person that initiates the lunch invitation or the mm-hmm. dinner invitation um, and don't wait for that yourself. Um, yeah. We're not called um, to just sit and wait to be served. We're called to serve each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a proactive stance. Um, yeah. And I want, I hope that that was heard in the sermon, but like that's, yeah. that's what we're called to do is, is to actively serve each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's in serving each other by asking informed questions, serve each other by um, sharing our hospitality, sharing our abilities, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. So that's something mm-hmm. small, no, um, but yeah. you can own that. Um, yeah. That's re- yeah, that's really good. And I think maybe an additional level of, of depth and complexity to the relational pursuit piece is so much of, so much of our relating to one another comes out of or, or puts a spotlight on deep insecurity that we have. Yeah. And so like it's, so it's one thing to kind of maybe jump in with a specific task and kind of serve where it feels maybe more vulnerable and difficult to do the relational pursuit mm-hmm. thing. And it, and, and let's like, and ideally, as if you as you're someone who comes into a to a church community or is in a church community for a long time, uh, the ideal is that you are being pursued, and that then like out of that you are being discipled to be someone who continues to pursue. Like mm-hmm. I, the ideal would be that it just kind of keeps flowing from the people who are more established here to the people who are less, and on and yeah. on and on it goes. Yeah. The reality is often way more discombobulated than that. In in that 
there's there's like pockets of of quote unquote unpursued people, unconnected people, and and if someone in that group would would have kind of a would be able to find the security in Christ of an identity that says I'm I'm loved and accepted by Christ, even if relationships are hard to navigate, if I'm getting pulled into the group that I perceive to be the in crowd here or the whatever, like yeah. the, the ways that churches can feel clickish and separated at times. Mm-hmm. If people can find the, the security in Christ relationally in some of those places to reach out to other people that are similar, like it, it can create brand new pockets of really vibrant, mm-hmm. incredible relationships, but put our sin and our insecurities so often play out in this yeah. realm of life mm-hmm. that like we just, and insecurity just reigns over those things often where it's like, ah, I feel like that person is, I don't have chemistry with that person anymore and they're connecting more over there or I haven't fit in with that group. And then we just kind of pull way back mm-hmm. when in reality it's so I'm, I'm affirming what you're saying there, Andrew, and that like that initiative to go, Hey, if I'm not feeling pursued, who can I pursue? Yeah, exactly. I think the, maybe the one addition I just say to it is that a lot of that will require um, finding by the power of the spirit and the grace of God, a deep sense of security in Christ and your identity from which to do that, mm-hmm. especially in the moments where you feel like you're not getting the kind of pursuit of yourself or yeah. it's not being reciprocated in the yeah. way the way you want. Yeah. Yeah. Well put. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew, what um me I I have a straight logistical question. Right? <laughs> so for anyone, any group Wait, Steve thinks logistical <laughs> This is shocking, I know. Um for any group that that hears these questions, just go back to that as an example. Yeah. Well, yeah, Rachel says, your wife, right, is like, well, if we did that, we'd spend the entire time on one question. Mm-hmm. When you're answering the questions, and yeah. this is, I, I want to go, I know it's a logistical question, but I want to go somewhere with it. Um, how are you answering the questions? How long does it take your nine group members Ooh, yeah, yeah. to answer yeah. up to five questions each week? Yep. So the first time we did it, it took like two hours. Like it was, and we yeah. were, by the end, we were like, all right, bull- But even bull- that's flying. Yeah. That's going yeah. really fast. Because yeah. if, if I take a minute to answer per question, which is itself really fast, mm-hmm. that's five minutes per person. That's 45 minutes at yeah. least. Yeah. So what the structure that we use, we, we meet for two hours, eight to 10. Yeah. And we spend the eight o'clock to nine o'clock hour there in the, in the Bible study material. And then we transition to band questions for the second hour, nine to 10. Um, and we go around the room, just popcorn style. Whoever wants to go first goes first. And each person answers all five questions. Uh, our first iteration of this was we did the first question, went around the room, did the second question, mm-hmm. went around the room. But what we found in rhythm was that I can answer those five questions and my answers like linked to each other. Sure, yep. sure. Uh, yeah. So there's the questions are so good. efficiency found even and just yep exactly yep. Huh. Totally. yeah. And then we also were able to in that moment uh, intentionally pray for that person. Yeah, uh, like that's good. I share, you pray. You share, I pray mm-hmm. in that moment right there. And that was powerful. That's good. It, yeah. Um, that just being able to call people by name and lift mm-hmm. up their specific struggles and successes is really, really cool. Yeah. Um, and so the, it's going to take time. Don't quit if you do it for two weeks and it just feels like it took a very long time. Yep. Because the, the more you go into this, the, the shorter the updates get because mm-hmm. the frequency is increased. I think that, I think that's something to recognize. I was, I was anticipating that would be true. And I'm like, I think that happens. In a relationship, why it's, I love, man, I love, I love the quote wrote down, right? Like length and the patience there, mm. um, because 
at first when you do it, it could feel like bare, like whether it's these questions. Mm -hmm. So listener to the podcast, the questions, Andrew talked about the sermon, we reviewed it before, um, or other, as you answer questions week to week, Mm -hmm. the first time it's going to feel vulnerable. It's going to, it could really feel like you're just like bare in your soul and you're embarrassed to share things. Right. Yeah. Well, as you grow in a relationship with a person or with a group and you start maybe even answering the same questions with some frequency, Mm -hmm. You just understand each other more in context. You don't feel the need. I know I would do this personally. If anyone else is like me, I oftentimes feel the need to uh, qualify my answers, right? So Matt, you know this about me, right? <laughs> Matt's like laughing, right? So I, I just, I have, a, I have a fear of being misunderstood. I hate being misunderstood. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. when I say something, I'll say what I, I'll say what I say, and then I'll say what I mean by that is, and what I don't mean is, this, yeah. and it takes me another extra two minutes to explain what I said. Yeah. Right. And so if anyone ever feels like, well, I don't want to share. Okay. Like, how's my soul? My soul is like, and you're like, you have to share 10 minutes. You're like, I can't do that every week. That was exhausting. Mm-hmm. Well, it actually isn't, doesn't need to be that every week Yeah, exactly. because you grow a relationship, you build context. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just, I want, I did have the logistical question. How does it, what does it really look like? Yeah. Um, but also maybe I was anticipating that. Yeah, as a group, you just you build that rhythm, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to become this like exhausting emotional experience every week. Yeah, because now you can also you have context for the follow up conversation for the prayer that's said. Yeah, right. You understand more with less words. So absolutely, yeah. Yeah. that's good. Yeah, no, that's really helpful, guys. I think yeah, that's I appreciate you guys the way you think through that and the way you guys even lead in that too. Um, yeah. So that that's just, I think that even Andrew, that that was a good service to us that many other applications you use too, and how we gather and even the way we use gathered worship time together to do that ordinary channels of the home and workplace, neighborhood schools. So there's lots of good practical stuff, but even thinking specifically about this podcast, setting up Bible study groups, wanted to kind of maybe lean into that more yeah, sure. with the time today. And I think that's a great service as we're a couple of weeks out from yeah. relaunching all the groups and more groups, new groups. That's right. This fall. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for preaching yesterday. Yeah. Thanks for doing that. We have two more weeks. We have two more weeks of rhythms uh, of grace. Yeah. Yep. We have mission this Sunday, and we have bodily consecration the Sunday after. Okay. And then we are into our fall uh, series and the the official launch of the the new the fall groups. That yes, and so that's September 11, which will also be our kickoff Sunday. Yeah. So uh, we'll have some tables up, some information about different programs initiatives at the church. That's when Bible study guys will be available for. Bible study group members um, yeah. as we'll launch those studies that week. Yeah. Looking forward to a big, big full weeks ahead. Yeah. Study weeks ahead. Yeah. Here we go. Ramping yeah. up. Yeah. Andrew, thanks. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for, for coming in, talking today yeah. too. Great to be on the B-side, guys. Yep. Yeah. Everyone, thanks for listening. We will see you uh, later this week, Sunday worship or in the future. Yep. Enjoy the rest of the day. Take care, everybody. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Sermon B-Side podcast. For more resources and information about our church, visit www.LibertyHarrisburg.org. That's Liberty with an I, Harrisburg.org.